This is the OK Outcast Podcast, your home for Oklahoma political intrigue and insight. Hi there, this is Chris Masterman, and I am one of the hosts of OK Outcasts. Here with my co-host Brittany Novotny. Brittany, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Chris. It's a little chilly up here in the north, but can't complain. The sun's shining and pretty good day. That's awesome. Uh, we actually got a cool front here down south and uh, very much enjoying it. Actually, we got to open the window this morning, which was unique. So... That's uh, awesome. Uh, is it going to stay cool long, or y'all heating back up soon? Well, they say we're going to heat back up soon, but um, you never know with Oklahoma weather. Just wait a minute, <laughs> and it'll change. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, I did something really cool on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. What'd you do? Does oh. uh, this uh, have to do with the the marijuana petition actually no it doesn't it has to do with voter registration oh Um, yeah how'd that go it went really well um i said kind of cool but it was actually very warm because um it was hot outside but i got a call from uh my friend Teresa hill and she said hey can you come over and help us set up this canopy and uh um, if Teresa hill calls anybody that knows the oklahoma east side knows if Teresa hill calls you answer the call and so i went over to go help set up got uh the canopy all set up and everything and i hung out and did voter registration now it's weird for a consultant to go back out into the field we don't normally do that because I bet it's nice to get out there again, though. Uh, it, it was it, it was really cool and hanging out on the east side and eating really good food. And, uh, you know, I made a uh, a run for drinks because uh, people needed some water and some soda, need a little caffeine and uh so I went and got some sodas and some water, and it, it was really fun to do that because when you're a younger consultant, when I was in my late 20s, I thought there's going to come a time when I am never going to do this kind of work again. And a part of just a little bit of it, like, you know, I can design mail pieces and legalize uh, not legalize i can't legalize anything Uh, analyze is what i can do legal documents or legislative uh uh, you know proposed bills but uh, like there's something about you know getting back out into the field or it's fun yeah i can say i certainly didn't see uh when i was in my late 20s i didn't think i'd be in my early 40s 
and clearing brush on my forested land in Minnesota, but here I am. <laughs> so, yes, we have the attorney on our podcast clearing brush while the uh, not lawyer has refreshed OSCN so many times, and this is literally true, I have to do a CAPTCHA sometimes to get in to OSCN, Oklahoma Supreme Court Network. Um, Brittany, so, have you ever refreshed so many times in OSCN that you had to enter a CAPTCHA? I cannot say that I have had that happen to me. Um, uh, that's, uh, that's a pretty interesting feat, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm... I wear it as a badge of honor. <laughs> so, uh... Well, speaking of OSCN, why were you refreshing it so much this week? Oh, I've just become, like, accustomed to going to OSCN for porn. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so, uh, as many of you guys know, the legal drama surrounding cannabis has been just insane uh this began 18 months ago if you can believe it and it has circled back and forth and uh, i am not going to give everyone a complete recount because that would require i don't know a nine hour podcast so essentially uh my fellow proponent and i filed two petitions and a different group of people, including Ryan Kiesel and Michelle Tilly and other Michelle, I forget her last name, filed two petitions. And then the challenges toward each other's petitions just went insane. Now, what I do want to make clear is we were all after the same goal, which was to both legalize marijuana and uh, affirm the medical marijuana. So we entered into negotiations. I thought we had a clear way of moving forward, which was simply sign everything, sign all four, vote yes on all four. But then, sadly, things fell apart. And anyhow, the Supreme Court ruled yesterday uh, on just a slew of uh, various challenges, counter challenges, challenges to the code, counter challenges. Uh, I've I've lost track at this point, but we're about uh, six deep in at this point. And as Brittany can test, uh, the justice system doesn't exactly move quickly. So I will say they moved fairly quickly in this case, um, you know, due to certain time constraints, they had to get something done fairly quick. Um, but it also seems they may be dragged their feet longer than they had to. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they did that on purpose. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, let's, you know, let's break the news here. I know some most of you all probably already saw this. 
um, yesterday, but the Oklahoma Supreme Court uh, did rule against the state question 820 campaign who had been seeking to have the uh, the recreational marijuana by statute question put onto the November ballot. Um, but the, uh, the signature counting process, the length of time that took and uh, all that put it up against when they were about to start printing ballots. So the campaign was, they had filed, um, I believe you, you know, you can, you can explain this. Uh, they filed something asking the court to, to put it on, to force them to put it on the ballot, right? A writ of mandamus saying, hey, court, do this right away. It's an emergency kind of deal. So, Brittany, you're the lawyer. What is a writ of mandamus? It's basically when you ask the court to order either a, a government agency or some other court to uh, act in a certain way. So if you believe they're not acting in a legal way, you're asking the highest court in the jurisdiction to order this other court or this other agency to act now. So the Supreme Court replied yesterday, basically, in conclusion, there is no way to mandate the inclusion of SQ820 on the November 2022 election ballot. And it went on further to say, SQ820 will be voted upon by the people of Oklahoma, albeit either at the next general election following November 8th, 2022, or at a special election set by the governor or legislature. So uh, they slapped down that uh, suit. Instead yeah, they're, of... they're, they told the proponents, you know, too bad, so sad, you know, you're going to have to just... Uh... You're just going to have to wait, and uh, this can get on the ballot later, but not in November. That's correct. And, you know, unfortunately for what ended up being the opposite side somehow, unfortunately for 820, they the, the court doesn't follow a campaign plan. It may be inconvenient, but they don't. Uh, what's the word care so well, well you and i have some kind of different views on this whole deal now you're kind of you you and your proponents for your state questions 818 and 819 you guys actually tried to keep 820 off of the november ballot in this case correct that is correct and so you guys had filed your own challenge to to basically help ensure this didn't make it on the ballot in November. I'm of the opinion that, you know, to me, I don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And while I would prefer to have constitutional recreational marijuana in Oklahoma, I still saw the statutory plan as still a good measure. And would have preferred that it made it on the ballot. I think that would also really helped with um, voter turnout, particularly 
for folks who might then go vote for Joy Hoffmeister and Jenna Nelson and Kendra Horn. And it really could have provided an opportunity for Democratic candidates to, uh, you know, latch on to the popularity of a majority issue. Um, so. uh, yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with the Hoffmeister thing. Had she taken even an iota of supporting recreational marijuana, marijuana in general, touching the marijuana issue, but she didn't. So, you know if she does not want uh, the support of the marijuana community, we're not going to give it back. Sorry about that. Uh, it, like she, it, hey, I, gonna... I agree on the point that, you know, a lot of Oklahoma politicians are really behind the times on this. And for some reason, they're afraid to say they support legal weed other than Kendra Horn, who has been, getting more open about supporting decriminalizing it at the federal level. And I know Kendra worked in Congress on um, a, a marijuana banking bill to try to help Oklahoma's marijuana industry have better access to, to banking. So, you know, at least Kendra would have been able to latch on. And, you know, by, you know, by association, people would hopefully then associate Kendra and Joy since they have done some campaign photos together and things that, you know, maybe that would have just helped all around on the ballot. Well, I think that you're both right and wrong. So number one, for the marijuana issue specifically, if you pass this weak sauce statutory BS then people are going to be satiated. They're going to think, okay, well, we've already done that. No need to do anything more. Now, the problem is, for our dear listeners here, is the legislature can do anything they want with it. That's why we wanted constitutional. Because if we pass a statutory amendment uh, or statutory change, sorry, then... Uh, everybody's going to forget about it. Like, okay, it's legal now, but it's not. They slowly clip away the rights. Now, this is evidenced by something that has uh, happened on Monday when metric, which Mr. Kiesel represents as a lobbyist, sent around an email. And the contents of said email were, click this box or you're not going to be able to participate in metric anymore so essentially you'll lose your business and then uh it went on further to say if you click the little box like you would an itunes box of i agree to this service agreement um if you want to sue you have to do so in florida <laughs> it's true so uh, they had that's in in legal terms we call that a, a choice of venue clause in a contract um right but you know there's there's a pretty good argument to be made that if that was put into a contract uh what this would be called where there's no real opportunity to actually negotiate the terms 
and like one party has way outsized influence over the other party, then in contract terms, we call that a contract of adhesion. And there's a good chance an Oklahoma court would say, no, this affects an Oklahoma business that only operates in Oklahoma. This needs to be handled under Oklahoma law, despite what the contract says. Well, it's still bullshit. Oh, I, I agree. That's definitely bullshit. No doubt. I, I'm i just not a fan of contracts of adhesion generally. <laughs> um, I, I don't like how much our society relies on them now. Well, this sort of brings us to, uh, I mean, if we wanted to make a transition at this point. Uh, yeah. Sorry, folks. Uh, 820 is not going to be on the ballot. And yeah. Me and my fellow proponent, Jed Green, were responsible for that. We were playing out the clock. Well, hey, on, on the negative side, it's not on the ballot this November. On the bright side, it will be on the ballot sometime soon, in the next one to two years. And this will provide you guys an opportunity to regroup and try to get the signatures together for the constitutional version, which... You know, now you won't have to be competing with the other petition because they've already got their signatures turned in. Yes, exactly. So we are regrouping. We're considering our strategy. And obviously, we didn't pull it off. Um, and if anybody thinks that this is something, some personal vendetta, well, they'd be wrong at first and right probably at the moment. It did become personal. But, yeah, it, it's going to be on the ballot by November 2024, and uh, uh, it'll be here before you know it. But it, it's... Uh, and, you know, hey, Joy can still come through if she were to happen to win the governor's race. You know, maybe she'd have an incentive to, to call a special election sooner. Um, honestly, if Joy wanted to win, she'd guarantee that she would call a special election for 820 right yeah that would be smart on her and her campaign's part to to campaign that way they would put that on the ballot as soon as possible well sufficient to say um like they're they have a good campaign team and i really respect everybody over there and uh i think their theory is they've gotten up to this percentage and you know we we could spend all day talking about stitt's falling numbers and joy's rising numbers but essentially if joy were to embrace that oh like it, it would be so great for her yeah, and you know who has embraced legal weed that is kicking ass right now is John Fetterman, the Pennsylvania Senate candidate. And, yeah. you know, I really wish more Democrats would look at what he's doing because I just listened to a focus group the other day from Pennsylvania voters. They don't all necessarily agree with him on everything, but they really believe that, like... He is who he says he is. You know, this is a guy who shows up in gym shorts and a hoodie to, you know, campaign events. And 
he seems more like he's one of us, like one of the people and not just some, you know, stuffy politician up there repeating some talking points. And, you know, if if there's anything the Trump years showed us, it's that people actually appreciate people who are a little bit off the cuff and don't just seem so stuffy and rehearsed. Absolutely. Um, I'm seeing that all over the place. I'm working a campaign for Kathy Cummings, who is running for Oklahoma County Commissioner District 3. And she she is just a sweetheart. Anybody that knows Kathy, she is one of the most amazing people to work for. I'm working with her. Susan McCann is the campaign manager. I'm just doing the mail and design and stuff like that. But she is just fun. Uh, she Yeah, she's a she, real person that people can relate to. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I mean, if if I see a call from Kathy, now anybody that's a politico that worked on a campaign knows the candidate, they look at the phone and they're like, oh, what is this now? <laughs> when Kathy calls me or Susan calls me, like, oh yeah, let's see what uh, these ladies want. Um, it, It's... Uh, amazing when you're just a real human being and not a talking head yeah for sure but i i was gonna say uh just at the end of the marijuana thing um i'm sure anybody that listens to this podcast probably has caught an episode or two of john oliver's late night show and he talks a lot about slap suits Brittany, do you want to briefly explain what a slap suit is um so it's basically you know when some big big entity tries to sue some somebody for criticizing them and tries to turn it into some kind of libel or slander and um but because they're such a big entity like they have all the power and they can't courts don't like to to make them be beyond criticism because we're a society that also values free speech. Well, so did you know that uh, there can be slap suit via slap suit? And that was this entire saga of 818, 819, and 820 is we just kept slapping each other back and forth. We piled paperwork, we filed challenge after challenge, we just threw all the paperwork at each other. So I just thought it was worth like a mention that <laughs> you can have two slap suits against each other simultaneously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what the lawyer has to you, say is you, yeah. You got it, you got you can you can slap each other around all you want. Um at, at some point one of you is gonna lose. <laughs> In this case, everybody lost. Because uh, <laughs> uh, now from... nobody's on the ballot. Ha <laughs> 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 uh, Yes, um, it's just a flesh wound. But uh, yeah, speaking of 
future slap suits, the AG of New York has uh, kind of thrown down the gamut. And this isn't a slap suit. No, no, this is serious. But what Trump is going to do is exactly what Jed and I did. Draw out the clock. Try to run out the clock. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think it's going to be hard for him to do that. In an, a lot harder in a New York state court than it has been for him in federal courts. Um, but yeah, as Chris just alluded to, uh, the Attorney General of New York filed suit against uh, Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka, um, and then the Trump Organization, uh, alleging a long-standing pattern of fraud and abuse in their business practices and filing fraudulent reports, uh, fraudulent... Um, uh oh why is the word escaping me the when you get an estimate not an estimate a uh um, an evaluation yeah, I... of the worth of your property an assessment okay so uh, uh, okay we'll go with assessment anyway fraudulent yeah. assessments of value of his properties i don't know why the words are escaping me today probably too much uh, brush hauling uh, <laughs> sufficient to say he said his shit was way worth way more than it was correct uh, yeah so Fra fraudulent valuations and just patterns of fraud and abuse and basically calling for what's known in New York as the death penalty for a business. So if the attorney general wins in these in this combination of civil and criminal suits against the organization, um, then the organization will no longer be allowed to operate. So it's basically trying to completely shut down the entire Trump organization. Yeah, um, and uh, also kind of something about the uh, IRS being uh, called into the game here. We'll oh yeah, and she did. Uh, she did refer this case over to the uh, uh, U.S. Attorney's Office and to the IRS for tax fraud purposes. So it's just a whole host of problems that will be coming out of this for the former disgraced twice impeached president and uh you know he's definitely got a lot on his plate now uh, but luckily he's doing fine in florida okay. <laughs> holding weird nazi rallies in uh like ohio and iowa and stuff well luckily the courts in florida have been completely kind to him and the 11th circuit has been nothing but understanding the former president oh wait no the 11th circuit just ruled last night breaking news that the trump appointed judge eileen cannon in the district court in florida who had given the former president everything he wanted in the documents case uh, appointed the special master he chose and tried not to rule on any of the 
issues regarding um, classified information or whether the information was classified. The 11th Circuit Court of Appeals put a stay on the special master and allowed the government to continue to use the documents that were seized from Mar-a-Lago um, and, and towards their criminal prosecution. So they no longer have to wait for the special master to rule. And to make it even better, the special master already told Trump's lawyers, hey, you need to put up or shut up on this uh, argument that he declassified these documents. If you've got proof they were declassified, we need to see it. To which Trump's lawyers responded with, well, we can't respond without potentially incriminating our client. <laughs> so it's definitely classified... definitely not looking good for them. We can't reveal them because they're classified, but they're declassified. But the classified documents are declassified, but we can't reveal them because they're classified. Or how so... they were declassified. <laughs> he had to keep them in his basement because uh they were out of room at the white house uh, yeah the 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 presidential records group they just didn't have any more room in their warehouse no <laughs> right no <laughs> but luckily now the documents are being held by top men <laughs> well this this is definitely not looking good for trump um for those of you out there who have been watching this saga for the last several years and seeing this guy get away time and time again with breaking the law, I will say from a legal standpoint, it seems like justice is coming. And we may not get him for everything we want, you know, for inciting an insurrection, but, you know, we didn't get Alpone for all the murdering. We got him for his tax evasion. And, you know, if nothing else, it looks like uh, Trump and his cronies may go down over, you know, mishandling of classified documents and uh, lying on tax forms more so than even some of the more egregious stuff we've seen. But the main thing is that he faces some accountability uh yes and i will say that you know al capone obviously going down for uh tax evasion and not like well all the murders and it, it's probably frustrating to a lot of people to be like okay so he organized an insurrection on the United States Capitol as president, which seems kind of like treason. But don't cheat on your fucking taxes. Yeah. Um, well, and you know, while it may not be the perfect result, we still do have the January 6th committee working on their final report. I did see this week they've reached an agreement with Jenny Thomas, the Republican activist who's the wife of Clarence Thomas, the Supreme Court Justice, and she will now be testifying to the committee in the near future. Um, so they are getting additional testimony. 
I believe we're likely to see at least one or two more hearings on TV before all is said and done. And I know Liz Cheney will be working hard to get this report finished uh, before January and uh, the new MAGA person takes over her congressional seat. Well, I uh, think it's interesting that we've seen one strong man going down here in the U.S., or wannabe strong man, and another wannabe strong man that seems to be uh, going down in Russia. Yeah, Vladimir Putin. Things are not looking up for Russia right now. Um, uh, God bless the Ukrainians who have fought valiantly to take back their country from the Russian invaders. Um, they have been taking back huge chunks of land and regaining strongholds uh, in the eastern part of Ukraine. And it's gotten so bad that uh, Putin is trying to call up a bunch of reserves, even after telling his people for months that this was just a special military operation, there was no war, this was going to be a quick and easy, we're just going to go in there and take care of this pesky Ukraine. And instead, um, this is drawn out for months. The, the Russian economy is in shambles due to all the international sanctions. And it's uh, uh, funny because last night I read that uh, Google showed a spike in searches in Russia of people looking for ways to leave the country. So it's, it's causing people to want to just leave the country. They're in a real tight spot. And as of yesterday, even uh, the other strongman leaders around the world, like Modi in India, Erdogan in Turkey, and um, Xi in China, have all now told Russia, you need to wrap this up and get the hell out of Ukraine, and we're not supporting this. So uh, Putin seems to have spent all of his political capital on this and done nothing but lose at every turn. Do you think the people trying to escape Russia could get to go to Martha's Vineyard? <laughs> you know, they might, you know, if they get to Florida and DeSantis ships them there, who knows? Uh, he doesn't seem to yeah. like people trying to escape authoritarian regimes like the Venezuelans he sent to Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> I, I thought America were... liked to welcome people who were trying to escape communism, but what do I know? Apparently nothing. Because, <laughs> no, um, he was like, you know what? I'm going to punish you guys and I'm going to send you on vacation. And then a bunch of rich people are going to be very kind to you. <laughs> and now you can get jobs raising their children and cleaning their houses and being groundskeepers, which, I mean, isn't optimal, but it's. You, you know what? I, I wish Democrats would get out front on the immigration issue and say we need to reform immigration because it will help our economy. Um, all yeah, these right. all these labor shortages at fast food restaurants and whatnot. That's a direct result of our immigration policies, making it too hard for people to come in and get to work. And um, that's that's 
we need people to take these jobs. So um, I think we should welcome them. But, uh, you know, I and I think it makes sense economically and would probably help even slow down inflation a little bit. So I hope Democrats are smart enough to start linking this stuff together because I am a little concerned that voters are worried about inflation and Democrats are just not talking about it. Yeah, it's an easier issue to avoid. And the Fed can keep hiking up interest rates. but And they will. And they will. Absolutely, they will. That's as they are wont to do. But uh, that's not going to su- solve the supply chain issue. It's not going to solve the fundamental issue of people are getting fed up. With, yep. Haha, fed up. I didn't even <laughs> do that. Um, but they're they're getting fed up with, uh, like, uh, you know, the price of world. groceries and all of that. It's it's got to be addressed. But uh, and, um, hey, on that note, we are starting to run out of time here. Um, we can definitely talk more about this next week. Is there anything else uh, you needed to say before we wrap this up today? Now, I, I think I've talked enough, but um, I will say I'm looking forward to going outside in the cool weather and I may mow the lawn. I will say subscribe to our OK Outcast YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to try and get more content up there in the near future and um, stay with us. We got a lot planned for this fall as we get into the thick of campaign season. And don't just be spectators. Go get involved in local campaigns. I'm sure people like Kathy Cummings running for county commissioner could use help. Um, so reach out Absolutely. to local campaigns. Get involved. Don't, uh, don't just sit on the sidelines and you can have a say in this. It's not a spectator sport, folks. 